Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Church, welcome to our relationship series, week two. Week two, we yes. have overflow, so I want to welcome the overflow yes. and online. Um, you doing good? Yes. Praise God. Do we appreciate all the people who serve in our church? Can we give them a hand? Yes. One more time for Chris and Priscilla. Yes. I love the relationship series. We get to do these songs once a year and just, you know, really have a great time together. It's good. It's great. <laughs> if, if, if I could sing, I would. Let's yes. go. Genesis 1, 26, Let's 27 says this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they might rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and over the livestock, and over all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank You. I thank You for every person in this room right now. I thank You whatever age, whatever stage of life they're in, whatever relationship status they're in, You have a word to speak to them. You have healing that must flow to them. Holy Spirit, I invite You, Lord, to walk amongst us. Lord, to encourage one who needs encouraged, heal one that needs healing. Lord, bring clarity and strength. Lord, for one who's being lured in wrong directions, give vision, I pray, all across this place. Lord, let lives and marriages be stronger in the name of Jesus. Help every man, help every woman become who they're meant to become. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Help me become. Help me become. What you desire. What you desire. By your grace. By your grace. By your power. By your power. Help me. Help me. Apply your truth. Apply your truth. To my life. To my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen. Amen. Come on, give that Lord a hand one more time. Praise God. Then grab your seat. All right, last week we began to talk about the pillar uh, the pillars, actually, and the need to establish them. We talked about the, the, the pillar of prayer. Someone say prayer. Prayer. And then we talked about the pillar of honor. Someone say honor. Honor. Uh, today, we're going to talk, actually, about the, the pillar of discovery. Um, we, we're going to unpack a number of things. It's going to be a bit of a, I'd call it a deeper message. I think it's going to uh, take some thinking. I, I would highly encourage a number of books that I've read over the last number of weeks and years. Um, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge is a book I've dived into myself. Um, anything by Ed Cole on, on love, sex, and marriage is, is highly uh, um, recommended. recommended. There you go. Highly recommended by me. Um, but we, here's what we're going to cover a bit today. Do you know the deep longings of a woman's heart? I actually think it'll be a time where women actually get to kind of discover a little bit more some of the desires of their own heart. Also, help to understand men better. And I think there'll be some things that men, it'll kind of shift in you a little bit. And I pray that God heals some things in you, but it'll also be allowed uh, a time for women to kind of see, oh, that's what men need. Yeah, and I think too what's going to happen is some of you, some of the points we might hit, especially towards the women, when you first hear it, your natural tendency will actually be to repress it, to suppress it, to not actually like 
the topics or the different points that I'm yeah. going to mention myself because of the way culture's trying to rewire male and female. Yeah. And so it's going to sound almost like, I don't know the right word, like it's, I don't know, but it's going to sound very contrary to what we've been conditioned over yeah. the years. But the, who knows the truth is in God's word. And when we get lost in our ways, in our identity, we have to go back to God's yeah. word and discover what he says first and foremost, because God is our creator. Yeah. And so when it comes to our identity, our feelings cannot be the one that defines it. People yeah. cannot be the ones that define it. Certain people can affirm it. Yes. But sometimes we found that actually people can distort that identity. Yeah. And so it's so important that we go straight to the source, the one who made us, to know what our identity yeah, is. So that's what this message today is going to be about. We're actually going to unpack male and female, how God wired us to have deep longings, questions, and you know, just desires of our heart. And again, when you first hear it, you might be like, oh, this sounds like fairy tale stuff, but it's actually biblical. And we're going to show how male and female were yeah. designed to reflect God. Yeah. And we just read it in Genesis 1, where he made us in his likeness to reflect who he is. Yeah, that's good, babe. So we're going to talk a little bit about, do you know the deep longings of a woman's heart? Do you know the deep questions in a man's heart? And do you know how and for what God has wired us in a specific way? So you ready? All right. Awesome. So the first thing we're going to make sure we all know is who our identity is in Christ. That's the first thing we need to establish. So if you are a woman in here, the first thing you need to know is you have been made in the image of God, period. Okay. Yeah. If you are a man in here, you have been made in the image of God, period. You are chosen by God. Here's yeah. the thing. You have not been, maybe the world has rejected you, maybe a parent or a next you know, husband or boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever yeah. has rejected you, but God has chosen you. Yeah, so amen. as you are trying to reckon your identity before God, you need to know you are a child of God. Yeah. You have been chosen by yeah. God. You have been accepted by God. He has called you a co-heir yeah. in his kingdom and you are complete in Christ. That's yeah. so important that you know that we don't have to wait for someone to be complete because it is Christ through his blood that has made us complete in him. Amen? Yeah. All right. So we're going to keep on going. Our needs, longings, and questions are answered and fulfilled by God, but they're aided through family and friendships. Yeah. Can you say that with me? Our needs, longings, and questions are answered and fulfilled by God and aided through family and friendships. All right, so we're going to first unpack womanhood. Who's excited yeah. about that? Girls, you're going to love this. <laughs> so number one, we're going to talk about what is a woman. So instead of a question, what does a woman do or what's her role, we're actually going to unpack what she is, what is her design, how did God design her. Again, this is going to sound like old-fashioned news, but actually it is biblical, and I think if we can get this in our heart, if we can start putting and, and start seeing and start discovering what's deep in our heart, we can bring back some order into this world that is right now confused and lost. So I want you to know, number one, a woman is the crown of creation. Can I get an amen? <laughs> That's right, girls, you know. <laughs> a woman is the crown of creation. Woman was the last thing God created because the world was not right without her. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Someone just got encouraged. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Someone once said a woman is the grand summation of all the marvelous work that God did during creation. Ain't that the truth? All right. <laughs> Number two, a woman is made in the image of God to reflect a part of God that man would not be able to reflect on his own. And we're going to actually break into this. This is the part that's going to sound confusing maybe. And I want you to go on this journey with me because you have to see how this is actually how God is reflected in scripture as well. Okay. So number one, so how does a woman reflect God's nature? Number one, she's designed to be a part of an adventure. She's designed to be a part of an adventure. Eve was made to be Adam's helpmate. Why? Because when God saw that everything was created, all the animals, all the, the whole earth, and he was alone, he's like, wait a second. Adam can't do this alone. I need to create a helpmate, someone who will help him maintain order. Because you know, girls, we like to maintain order. Maintain <laughs> order and dominion on sure. earth. So she's designed to be a part of this adventure of maintaining order and beauty and function on earth. Yeah. And so she wants to be a part of an adventure with the person, the man that yeah. God has brought to her life. And so it's interesting to see that so many times in society, you'll see a man running off with his adventure, his career, his business aspirations, which is great. Have the dreams. Go build those dreams. But it's funny. They'll be so disconnected because while he's over here building and dreaming and just breaking, you know, barriers of, in, in his career, the woman is over here on the side doing her own thing. And so they're disconne disconnected in marriage. They're yeah. disconnected in their relationship. And the truth is yeah. she doesn't have to do what you're doing, but she just wants to go on the journey. What are yeah. the dreams in your yeah. heart? Yeah. What are the longings in your heart? What yeah. is the vision for our house? Yeah. How do we dream together? I yeah. want to be a part yeah. of this adventure called life together yeah. with you. Bring me on the journey. And yeah. I heard a mentor say this uh, literally yesterday. He said it, be uh, it became a game changer in his family when he began to share with his wife, babe, here's what I see for our kids. Here's what I see for our grandkids. Here's what I see for our future. And so he said uh, the word submission in scripture is really under a vision. When he began to paint a beautiful picture of the family, she all of a sudden began to come alive and get excited about the vision that he had for the family. And then she's actually been a beautiful compliment to that. And he said it just so helped their marriage. Yeah, and the truth is, women, we want to pray for our spouses. We want to pray for the people we love. And so, men, as you open up in those areas and welcome them into the journey, women will pray. Yeah. Women will, will empower you and support yeah. you. And here's the thing, though. Um, women, we can't demand to be a part of it if we're not willing to understand him first. If we're not willing to understand yeah. how he's wired, if yeah. we're not willing to understand that men is created differently than us for a reason, yeah. then we'll start demanding and try to control him and trying to put us in that yeah. adventure. And what you're actually doing is, uh, what you're actually doing is yeah. pushing him further away from allowing you into that yeah. adventure. You know, I asked some men recently, um, what do they wish women knew? about marriage. I literally emailed 15 leaders in our church and just wanted their perspective on it. And one of the thing was, we don't know what you're thinking. As in, don't make me guess. Um, if you love me, you'd know. None of those things. The guy sitting there go, what? what? What are you talking about? Um, so clarity is helpful. Yes. 
Uh, one of the guys actually put this, so I can execute what you want me to do. <laughs> I thought that was very helpful. Yeah, so one of the questions uh, women you can ask is how can I pray for my husband along this journey of adventure? And men, one of the questions is how do I allow my wife to come a little closer, to know my heart, to know my questions, to know my longings, to know what's in my heart. So that's number one. She's designed to be a part of an adventure. Let her in. Number two, okay, get ready. This may make some people uncomfortable. She has a beauty to unveil. She has a beauty to unveil. Some people actually resent the word beautiful. They, they don't want to identify with having that longing. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to want to be beautiful. I don't need to want to be beautiful. I can just, you know, wear my heels, go to work and be a boss. Like there's this thing where they want to resent the longings of their heart. Yeah. And that is because there's been a broken, fractured heart in there That's from right. somewhere. Yeah. Either they've been rejected, either they've been hurt, either they've been forsaken. And so they put on this aggressive, um, aggressive anger or aggressive uh, rejection yeah. of that deep longing in their heart. Yeah. But there is a beauty. God created us women to unveil a beauty, just like God himself has a beauty to unveil. Yeah. I remember when, uh, actually, I wasn't dating you at the time. It was a previous, I went out with this one date. Oh, bad, bad, bad yeah. idea. Anyway, um, but it's, it's, it's worth bad. a story. So we're in college. <laughs> I had a couple of roommates. It was just a bachelor pad. We had a TV we had a box next to the TV that wasn't put away and we had like this really pathetic plant. Um, and I looked and I was like, oh, two girls are coming over to go to dinner with us. And we looked at our lounge room and went, oh, this is disgusting and pathetic. <laughs> and we quickly went over, bought a couple of things, made it a little nicer and so forth. What do women do? They bring beauty yes. to a man's environment because uh, often men will just ignore it and walk around with smelly socks and smelly shoes yes. in the basement for days. Do you know when we were dating, he had no trash can in his dorm room. He used that was the just back for of the a dorm certain season. on the floor, guys. Not even that a bag. That was a certain season. How gross is that? Oh. That's why it's the grace of God I wrote Transform. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Because God was like, I need to continue to transform this guy True story. into my image. True story. Our second date was Valentine's Day, and I knew he had no trash can, and I was appalled by that. But I was like, Lord, clearly you love this man, so let me help him out. I bought him a trash can for Valentine's Day. Legit. With, with some cookies in it, And though. I put cookies. I did yeah. bake you cookies. I was like, oh, look, you can eat out of the trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow anyway can we go back to a beauty to unveil okay yeah. so the stop unveiling my dysfunction and talk <laughs> about your beauty isn't that the problem with marriage <laughs> we're always trying to unveil our own dysfunction instead of encourage one another that will preach that wasn't yeah. even in our notes no notes high five babe right there oh. that's right <laughs> the beauty of a woman reflects the beauty of god that beauty is found in the feminine heart. It's the nurturing, compassionate, gentle, yet powerful, yeah. life-giving part of a woman's heart and soul. This is the beauty of God. It's, it's the part of him that's compassionate, that's nurturing, that yeah. gives life, that is yeah. gentle yet powerful. Men, do not confuse the fact that although women can be gentle, we are very powerful. We are resilient. We are strong. We are courageous. I mean, he's gifted us the ability to bear children. But I will say this, to bear a child is not the only life a woman gives. 
She gives life wherever she goes as she walks in the fullness of her feminine heart, which is yeah. being devoted, it's nurturing, it's affectionate, it's yeah. courageous, it's compassionate, and yeah. it's buying trash cans when there is no beauty. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say this, just on nurturing, one of the reasons why it's so important and we value father and mother in the home, and obviously we celebrate people that that's not their situation right now, but we want to model that and value that, is though a woman will come alongside, say a young man, nurture him, care for him and so forth, there is a voice that has to come along sometimes and say, suck it up. Yeah. And without both of those, he'll actually go too soft and he needs a dad's voice. Um, not that the dad can't be nurturing, but there's a strength that comes out of men that tells him when it's time to stop crying, um, when he skims his knee and does all that kind of stuff. There's a manly voice that, that must come to the young man Otherwise, um, he, he seeks it everywhere else. And if you're a single parent in here, we know a lot of single moms and single dads in our church who actually, through Transform, yeah. have the different men in their world yeah. come and help mentor their sons. And so I think it's beautiful. As the family, our church is a family. And we need each other because sometimes our life may be broken in different yeah. parts. And so through the voices, through Transform Men or Transform Women, we help be the family yeah. of God complete. Yeah, and good. so one of the things I want to mention, too, you'll notice when a woman is suppressing her feminine heart, she actually winds up, how do I explain it? She winds up actually demonstrating a different type of part of her heart, which is sometimes control. It'll be, um, yeah. yeah, bitterness, indifference. And so if you ever see a woman who's controlling or a woman who's indifferent or not affectionate or yeah. doesn't love to nurture, it's typically because there has been hurt yeah. and trauma yeah. there. And so it's learning how to pray for yeah. them. I heard Bishop T.D. Jake say this interesting line. He said, be careful, ladies, when you sit and get your hair done by a woman who's um, got a man, lost a man, and is bitter at all men, and she begins to explain all that you think you're meant to know about a man. And so, so sometimes the voice of hurt, the, the, the voice of bitterness, can actually start to poison your perspective um, of manhood or womanhood. This goes both ways. Um, and so you don't want to let the bitter voice become injected into your mind, saying all men are like this, all women are like this. No, there's some men like this. There's some women like this, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes our hurt will actually define our literal entire gender race uh, or, or, or gender because of bitterness. And that's why it's so critical to allow God to heal the heart and to forgive things that have been done wrong to you. That's good. So men, how do we, how do we work with this, right? How do we work with this fact that women have a beauty to unveil? And so... The truth is, she wants to know that she's captivating. What about her do you appreciate? What about her is beautiful? Anthony says it to me all the time, oh, babe, you're so beautiful. I'm like, well, tell me the details. Why? <laughs> Why am I so beautiful? What is yes. it about me that is so amazing? <laughs> you know, because I don't want your generalization, boy. <laughs> tell right. me the details. It's, no, it's yeah, true. just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. And then a guy, I see the guy. I don't you know. You know, you're beautiful. Yeah, it's just, you know, you're just. You know, I'm like, give me the details. Yeah. But the truth is, sometimes I just want to catch him staring at me with that look on his eyes. Like, you got it going on, girl. You know what I mean? And, and that is what your wife wants from you. Oh, my gosh. That is not the look. That's a little scary. <laughs> just that I start right now, babe. <laughs> that was kind of scary, though. <laughs> but anyway, I love you, babe. Um, but that's the truth. Sometimes we want to know that we're captivating. 
We always want to know that. We want to know that our beauty is there to unveil. And yeah. God, whether it's in how we nurture, how yeah. we are affectionate, how we are courageous or compassionate, celebrate that because that, as you celebrate that beauty, we yeah. become even more beautiful. It's not like we have to go put on more makeup to be more beautiful. The more you celebrate who we are in our femininity, the more beauty comes out of us. I think of Mother mm. Teresa. I consider her the most beautiful woman to ever have walked planet Earth. Wow. And it was how she loved, how she nurtured. It was her compassion. It was her devotion. It was her affection wow. that made her one of the most powerful women to ever walk planet Earth. And that is the beauty we have to unveil. There is a love. There is a compassion. We are wired to nurture. We are wired to give life wherever we go. So, men, if you help unleash that, we become even more beautiful to you. Number three... She longs for romance. Now, some of the women in the room might start rolling your eyes. Oh, come on. This is so fairy tale. This is so Hollywood. No. It's interesting. Yeah. Why do women typically like love songs and like romantic movies? It's because yeah. we've been wired that way for a reason. Yeah. She longs for romance. What is romance? You know, when someone says, oh, he's so romantic. Oh, my gosh. You know? And, and the truth is she's basically saying, oh, wow, look at how he's pursuing her heart. Yes. You see, romance is about pursuing the heart, and yeah. we were created to be pursued. Yeah. And just like God, you see, God pursues us. Yeah. Everything in Scripture, the moment that mankind, mm. our intimacy with the Lord was breached by sin, he yeah. sent Jesus to restore that love so yeah. that nothing again could ever separate us for the love of Jesus. It's Romans chapter 8, verses 30, 31, I believe. And so when he sent Jesus to do that for us, that it was the Father coming to pursue us. So he's always in pursuit of us. But I've also found that God himself wants to be pursued. If you look throughout all of scripture, there's so many things in there that says, seek me, find me, come after me, come long for me with all your heart. Bring your offerings to me. Sing me a new song. That is romance. He wants us to sing him a song. He wants us to bring him our offerings. When we bring our spouse, when husbands, when you bring your wife flowers or chocolates or whatever it is that she likes, maybe it's you know, quality time, or I don't know, it's whatever it is for you, that's your offering of love to her. When Mm. we come and we worship the Father, that is our offering of love to the Father. As we bring our tithes and offerings, as we live a life of honor, that is how we offer, and the Father is romanced by that. And so while we are pursued by God, God wants to be pursued by us. And so that is the heart of the Father. Yeah, you can give that a hand for the Lord. That's why I would say also, men, look, ladies can let you know they like you. They do want to be pursued. They prefer you to ask them out. That's in my experience. Does that make sense? Well, the Bible says that he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. So he has to go find her. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of women who have to go find a man because the man's too busy playing video games that he won't go find a woman. And so, no offense. No, 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 no. That's not to cast shame. No, but that's the culture. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what's happening. Yeah. We're we're changing the way that God's created male and female. And it's actually hurting society. And so we've got to go back to hunting. We've got to go back to pursuing. We've got to go back to being a reflection of what God has for us here on earth. Amen, Pastor Fernando. I see the look. (laughs) 
So real quick, just to sum up that last part on romance, here's what's really important for you to know, and this is how men, you can put this into action for the wife or the woman in your world. She wants to feel loved and fought for. The other day I was telling Anthony, because he's like super positive, like he always thinks that nothing bad is gonna happen and I'm always ready for an attack. Like I'm that person, <laughs> I'm just ready like to just, I don't know, do whatever I gotta do. And, and I just said to him, I'm like, babe, sometimes I just not wanna know that you're gonna protect me. And he's like, well, that's so silly. Like, of course I'm gonna protect you. I'm like, but you never tell me. He's like, why would I have to tell you? I was like, cause I wanna know, <laughs> you know? just tell me, yeah. you know? And so, You won't it, see me hiding under the bed sheets if the burglar comes in and go, go, babe, go get them. <laughs> but there's something um, that's about not manhood, a woman. my friend. <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. But there's something about a woman who wants to know that they will be protected, that yeah. they will be fought for. And yeah. so sometimes we think we don't have to say it, yeah. but words go a long way. Yeah. She wants to feel as though she is enough. As women, man, we struggle with that insecurity, with self-worth. And if you're constantly telling us what we're not good enough at or where, where we're not measuring up, yeah. you have no idea how badly we already talk to ourselves. And so if we have no validation in the area that we need validation in and we're not getting it from you, we're going to get it from somewhere else sometimes, whether it's a friend, whether it's in a movie or something like, like that. And so we need to know that we're enough. We need to know that we're beautiful. We want to be seen and invited to be ourselves. Yeah, isn't that good? Yeah. All right, let's talk about manhood for a moment. Who is a man? Wow. Couple of them here. <laughs> Couple of them. Adam, Adam was made to reflect his father. Our first father, our Adam is known as our first father. Christ is our second father. But we obviously can't stop at the original father. We've been shaped, raised, trained by sometimes great parents, good parents, did the best they can parents, or sometimes highly dysfunctional parents. Um, so let's start here. If you want to know how to treat a man, men are sons. Men are sons. With so many broken images of manhood all around us, the likelihood of men having a tarnished image of what a man is is very high and often like a woman who's been often wounded in the deep parts of the things she most longs for, men are often wounded in that part and often don't even know until years and years later. Uh, in our culture, we have kind of two hyper extremes. If you, as you look at masculinity, you've got the alpha male like The Rock. You've got Michael Tate. Uh, he just got thrown in prison, I think. So you got Stallone, Schwarzenegger, James Bond types. Um, and obviously, these are the warrior type pictures. Or you had men raised in, here's a different picture, Homer Simpson. Everybody loves Raymond. George and Jerry from Seinfeld. Ross and Chandler and... Joey. Joey from Friends. You had Modern Family. And where, in, in, in most uh, sitcoms in American life over the last 80s, 90s and, and beyond, the man is the idiot in the family. He literally is the dumbest, he literally is the laziest, um, and then there's normally the kids are the smartest. It is, it is good comedy, it's a bad example. And we have to make that distinguish, distinguishing area. No wonder often men don't know who to become. Um, this, listen to what John Eldridge says in Wild at Heart, and I love this book and I'd commend it to every single man in here. Um, and every woman, to be honest. Uh, I read it 25 years ago, and I just started reading over the last couple of days, and I forgot how amazing this book is. Here's what he says. 
He says, I've talked to many men about the film Braveheart. How many of you have seen Braveheart? One of my favorite movies of all time. And though every single one of them would love to be William Wallace, the dangerous warrior hero, most see themselves as Robert the Bruce, the weak, intimidated guy who keeps folding under pressure. He says, I'd love to think of myself as Indiana Jones. I'm afraid I'm more like Commodus in Gladiator. What's he really saying? He's saying this, do I have what it takes? Where the woman is often asking, am I beautiful enough? Many men on the inside are actually saying, do I have what it takes? Um, what does a little boy yell out to his mother and father growing up? Look at me, look at me, as they do like a, a feat of strength or a backflip on the, on the trampoline or how many push-ups or chin-ups can I do? Or even when they're five, six, and seven, a little boy will take off his, take off his, his shirt and go, look, Dad, look, look at these, and there's tiny little muscles there and so forth. What's he really saying? He's saying, do I have what it takes? John Eldridge goes on to say this, capes and swords, camouflage bandanas and six shooters, all the superhero outfits, these are the uniforms of boyhood. Little boys want to know they are powerful, they are dangerous, and they are someone to be reckoned with. They want to know they have what it takes. And many times without a father's affirming, encouraging, loving voice, when the man begins to say, am I man enough? Sometimes the voice is empty and not there, or even worse, critical. And when I, uh, I know men who at, at critical times of their life, their father actually spoke the most harsh, most degrading thing that they could ever hear, and it literally ruins something in the man. And it's a wound that only Jesus can heal. And sometimes why a man goes hyper-masculine uh, why is it that 90% of men that are in prisons don't have a dad, right? There's an anger, there's a rebellion, there's a, am I man enough? Um, or they either go to the other extreme, they reject the essence of masculinity and strength because they didn't feel like they had it. And we've got to understand that, that we are uniquely wired and gifted and sometimes a sports father can kind of degrade a, a son who's gifted in music, but it's just a different gifting. Or sometimes the, the, the very intelligent, very business savvy father can sometimes look down on a, on, a, on a sporty son or perhaps one who's more artistic and so forth, and he can kind of wound him in ways of the tongue where he's actually meant to get strength and, and, and encouragement from his dad that heals the soul. Because that young man sits on the inside and still says, do I have what it takes? Am I enough? And then they go to everything else. One of the great prayers I think we could pray for the men in our lives, ladies, is this. God, help him hear your voice. Why? Let me give you five things that, that happen to man. When he hides from the voice of God like Adam, he'll live in shame. When he avoids the voice of God like Cain, he becomes dangerous. When he refuses the voice of God like the Pharisees, he'll become blind and hard-hearted. When he refuses the warnings of God from the wrong women, he will be ensnared by them. But when he listens to the voice of his father, his heavenly father, and the right, I, I would say this, the right voices of manhood in his world, he'll be on the journey of healing. Let me say that again. 
But when he listens to the voice of his father, he'll be on the journey of healing in his life. Uh, I would say this to the ladies. He can't be guilted into this. He can't be, he won't be nagged into this. Uh, one of the great things you don't want to do, and I've met ladies who will, uh, whenever I, I meet a woman from our church who's, whose husband doesn't come to church and says, I'm trying to get him to come, I say, hey, gently encourage. Gently encourage. Because the, the fact that you already go to church and he doesn't go to church, he probably feels guilty anyway. So he doesn't need extra guilt. I would just go and enjoy it and see the life change that you can bring and you can bring faith and life and hope and love and romance and all kinds of stuff. Um, but, you know, occasionally with no pressure, say, oh, I'd love you to come sometime. And I've seen actually success in our church when women will do that instead of berate him and nag him to come to the house of God. Um, here, here's the part, ladies, where you get insight into if you're, going to have a man or you have a man because he's a son like the woman needs her beauty to be affirmed he needs his strength to be affirmed what is he good at oh wow thank you for that thank you for this uh let me ask you a deeper question girls how would you want sorry how would you want your son to be treated in marriage it'll answer almost every question you have if you, if you literally just go, wow, if you had a son, how would you want him to be treated in marriage? Literally, just go, well, that'll answer how you treat your man. How would you want your son to be talked to in marriage? That'll answer the question. I emailed, again, I say this, I emailed 10 men from our church, uh, or 15 men, something like this. Almost every single man got back to me and talked about the power of how if his wife speaks encouraging to him, it causes him to rise. Or if she always is picking on little things here and there, it causes him to shrink. Here's what I believe about that. Um, Ephesians 5 in the Message Bible says this, and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself in loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. The other thing I'd say about men, men are sons, men are warriors, and I'll probably perhaps go into that more next week, but let me end with this quote. Men want to fight for something. Good men want to fight for something. But if they're criticized too much, he ends up fighting the person who he's meant to fight for, and it weakens his will to fight the right fights. Why? Come on, can I get a good amen? Um, the Lord knows we're out of time, so let me, let me pray. Why don't you close your eyes all across this place? If you're in the overflow, close your eyes. No one moving around this time, such an important time where the Holy Spirit takes the word that we've ministered, both to women and to men, and can do His most powerful work. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Your people, they need your help. They need healing to flow in this place. They need rivers to flow in this place. Father, I pray for every lady. I pray for every man in this place that, that in places of the heart where there are healing, where it's just healing is needed, necessary. Oh God, we are looking for a supernatural month in relationships. Yeah supernatural things we cannot explain that you just did miracles 
uh, in relationships, miracles in marriages, restoration, healing of, of images and, and wounds that no one else can even touch, God. So I pray across your men and your ladies, Lord, today that you would strengthen them where they need it and infuse your life into us, every single one of us. Lord, in Jesus' name, help the men be strong. Help the ladies be strong. I pray for your health and your life in Jesus' name. With eyes closed all across this place. When I say the name Jesus, maybe you don't think of a warrior. I promise you, he, he was and he is. He gave up his life. He sacrificed his life so that you might have freedom, so that you might have grace. Maybe you're in this place and you've never received Christ. Christ, the ultimate king and the ultimate warrior, lived a sacrificial life, died a sacrificial death, but didn't stay dead. He rose from the, from the grave. And he offers you and me an invitation to be restored to the family of God. So all across this place, while eyes are closed, just in a moment of prayer, maybe you're here today and you've never received Jesus and you want to receive him today. You want to accept him today. You want to say, Jesus, forgive my sin. I want to pray for you today. There's others of you today and you've got an authentic faith. Maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago you came to faith, but you didn't. You've wandered away. If you're honest, you've slipped away, fell away. You ran away. Whatever it is, you're away. I want to pray for you today that some of you would receive Christ for the very first time and others of you, that you come back to Him. So with eyes closed all across this place, we're going to pray a prayer and that prayer will lead you to Him. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus thank, you thank you that you fought for me, that you fought for me to, be to be in relationship, in relationship with God. With God. Today, today, I turn to you, I turn to trusting, you, in you. trusting in You. I need Your forgiveness. I need I need your grace. I need your healing. Heal me. Restore me. Forgive me. Thank you. From this day on, by faith, I can walk with you. Today, I receive your grace. With eyes closed all across this place, with heads bowed. But if you made business with God today, would you quickly raise your hand and raise it up high? long enough and high enough for me to see it all across this place. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Number of hands over there. Thank you, sir. Number of hands in the back over there. Praise God for you. Thank you. In the overflow today, you can raise your hand today. Man, praise God for you. Praise God for every single person raising their hand right now in the front and back. It's awesome today. That's great stuff today. You can put your hand down. Father, bless your people right now. Strengthen them, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, Church Alive. Can we give Jesus a hand clap? Can we say, can we appreciate all those who said yes to Christ?